Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Sports fans, welcome to I Hate This Team. I'm Aaron Warner. With me, Stefan Heck. Stefan, what's going on, buddy? I mean, it's been it's been a pretty interesting week in terms of the Canucks. I think there's, there's some stuff it's has been, happened. They gave us some stuff to talk about. It's yeah. There's been a there's been a lot of goings on and happenings. Well, not. I mean, it feels like there is, but someone in our Discord, I want to credit them properly, said that Purgatory is being a Canucks fan. Yes, <laughs> like it's. You know, they go on a little bit of a run for three games. And they go, okay, well, maybe they're going to make a playoff push now. And then get embarrassed for two. And then you yeah. hear that major changes are coming. Yes. And then no major changes happen. And it's just, it's on and on and well, on. I was and thinking... Nothing of, ever changes. Yeah. I was here. Was that... I think that was Yaya in the Discord, maybe. Um, but I, it it does... That's something that... I mean, if you're not a Canucks fan, I don't think you understand this. How many times over the last decade or like eight, nine years, whatever you want to call it... Uh, the Canucks have sucked absolute ass. It's clear that the core isn't good enough. It's clear changes need to be made. And then you'll get a report from like Elliot Friedman doing like a, a, a hit on like a Calgary sports radio station. And uh, they'll ask him about the Canucks uh, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, like this Saturday's game is really important, you know? Like th- <laughs> this, this is the game that's going to tell gonna us just, a lot. It's going to tell us a lot. And then, you know, the Canucks will win in the shootout, like 2-1 or something. And it's like, okay, well, we don't have to make any more changes. And I think it was uh, uh, someone I've credited many times before for for saying uh, smart things and funny things is Yerky21, uh, who always raises the point that, like, I mean, that that is, like, the problem with this ownership group and management group and whatever you want to call it, um, because they're... they're they'll look at just one game and be like, oh, this is this is the team. This one game decides it. They don't look at the big picture of like, this team just can't get it done. This team is not good enough, you know? Like, yeah. So to, I guess, recap uh, this week, I guess, I forget, when do we? Yeah, no, we did record after the Capitals game on Patreon, but they yes. lost 5-1 to the Capitals. Yeah, they um, looked pretty bad. Looked, looked uh, quite bad there. They looked even worse against Florida. Yeah, they looked super bad against Florida. Uh, it was nice to see they, uh, Gustav Forsling score a goal, though. Yep, and eighteen-year-old uh, <laughs> Sam Bennett. Yep, and then uh, they beat the Coyotes three-two in overtime. They like, came from behind, barely, barely beat them. heroically in the third period. Yeah, so I think that was their first game, uh, at least it, since the Sharks, that they had a like positive underlying numbers. It's in the game. I think it's also their first win scoring less than four goals. I want to say. Um, that's amazing yeah it would be wouldn't it i think, I think and they it had is. to get yeah. and the coyotes had to take in too many men on the ice penalty in overtime during three on three ot when it's like so <laughs> that's like the easiest penalty to call um yeah i mean the coyotes looked really bad like that's that's how you tank you take a you take a too many men penalty in overtime that is that's the way to tank but um they looked i mean they made the canucks look they were like i i so i watched the highlights i was i was at a dinner so i, I caught the mm-hmm. third period um, but from what I saw from the highlights, like 
the Canucks looked really bad for like the first couple periods. Yeah, they they played really really dull hockey for about fifty minutes, and yeah. then kind of turned it on at the end when they they had to tie. Yes, there were there were uh, shifts where the Arizona Coyotes were doing Sedin like uh, yes. cycling against oh. the Canucks, which is just embarrassing. Though, like as I said, like earlier, the Canucks underlings weren't so bad. Yeah, like, which they, they shouldn't be against and, a like, team. Scoring chances yeah. and like, expected goals and we, all that. We but. shit on the Canucks a lot, obviously, but like if you if you're just looking at their rosters on paper, it's pretty clear which team they is the better sh- team. They should be way better than Arizona. Yes. it should be like a statement game. It shouldn't be a oh you narrowly won an overtime. Well, it's funny game. like Luke Shen's talking about like hey boys uh, in the locker room after the game. Uh, I think when I think he got the belt because he's the yeah, leading, yeah, leading yeah. Uh, hitting D man of all time now. Um, which is such a funny stat. They only started counting that stat like 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, he, he overtook Brooks Orpik, and Orpik's still in the league, right? So Is he still in the league, really? No, he? He, he must have retired. I think I think he must have retired. What am I thinking of? Yeah, no, he because he's 42 now, yeah. But he played oh, for yeah, a while. Oh, yeah, that's way too old. Yeah. Who's the guy on Washington that I'm thinking of? His name's kind of like Brooks Orpik. Um, are you thinking of Alexiak? Who I, no, he's on Dallas. Um, no. Hmm. Let me let's let's figure this out. Let's 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 uh, let's get to the bottom of this. Washington yep, Capitals right. roster. I mean, John Carlson's been there for a while, but he's not like Orpik. Uh, oh, Orlov, Dmitry Orlov. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was Dmitry yeah. Orlov. Yeah, 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 that's what I confused it with. Okay, never mind. That is more substantial. It makes a bit more sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so so Luke Shen after the game was like, uh, "Hey, this is like a this is a great game for us to build off of, boys. Like you like barely beat." The team that is like more openly trying to tank than maybe any other team. Well, Chicago, I guess. But um, you like barely beat them, and I mean, I guess he's right in that the the two games before this were just god awful. So like, yeah, a win's a win. I guess build off it. But man, it really speaks to how far this team has fallen. That uh, a win against the Arizona Coyotes that like in OT that they and they barely barely won is like it's the big building block for our future, boys. Yeah, like this is a really annoying thing about this team, and I know why they have to do it. Like why their their like PR team does it, but like you know they'll beat the Sabers five four in a game that they were like really outplayed in, and then social media will be like another two big points, and it's like the Canucks going down and like shaking their asses in the change room and celebrating because they won this game. Yeah, and it's like you're twenty third in the NHL by points percentage. Calm the hell, like calm down. It's the team is just uh, yeah, the team is not good. The team is what they are. Uh, it seems, and again, this is <laughs> like you you mentioned earlier the post in the Discord and. Um, you know, it was your, Jacob your... JPEG that said the purgatory okay. thing, and Thank Yaya yeah. said the the cyclical thing. So, yeah. um, but that's where we're heading towards right now, right? Where there's rumors that uh, Besser is going to get traded. Uh, the Canucks are letting his agent help formulate a trade, which is very funny to me. It's like, oh, that, you do, you do all the work. <laughs> real bad sign. Real bad um, sign. Although, uh, before we get into Besser, there's yes. one thing I wanted to bring up here. Yeah, uh, the Canucks right now. 23rd by point percentage, and they have a perfect 1.001 PDO. If you don't know what PDO is, it's shooting percentage and save percentage added together, um, which is like a really general stat for seeing if a team should like regress or if they should, uh, I I guess, get better progress. (laughs) And so what you can take from that is uh, the Canucks at 23rd are exactly where they should be. Yes. Based on what's happening on the ice on five on five. So, uh, yeah, 
bottom, like ninth worst team in the NHL, I think that's probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. So, you know, maybe a top 10 pick, which again would be like, I keep, I keep looking at the prospects this year and it's, it's so, this draft is so fucking deep, man. It's so (laughs) good. Like you're going to get a really good player if you're picking in the top 10 for sure. Um, but like, I, I just really, really hope they don't end up in that middle section there, you know, 14, 15, 16. Um, I mean, just look at their pick this past uh, draft, right? Uh, like Aramaki. And I was excited for that pick. I wanted him to make that yeah. pick. He seemed like a fun, exciting player. It's still early, obviously. He's had a lot of bad luck. He's been uh, concussed. He had mono. You know, he's had all these issues. Um it's still early, but it's it's, it's certainly it's, too early to say. But it's not looking great. It's not looking great. That's that's the thing. I think like you can tell early on if a player is headed in the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. um, so obviously it's too early to call him an out and out draft bust. But it is one of those things where it's like, look, if you, uh, you know, need to throw in a young player to uh, get rid of a horrible contract. Uh, or, you know, if, if there's a young player for young player deal or something like, like, you know, that's the type of thing where like, I think GM should be willing to trade young players like that, who are already starting to trend in the wrong direction, but still have like the sheen of like, Oh, he's like a first round draft pick. You know, you know we're talking about the Vancouver Canucks, right? I know. <laughs> so that's, that's never going to happen. That's I like, know. that's their MO is, is hold until there's absolutely zero value left. Yeah. Which to back to what you're saying before about Brock Besser. Oh. Uh, yeah. So yesterday was hockey fights cancer night. Yes. At, at, at uh Rogers arena. Yeah. Another, a funny side note about this. They had all purple board ads. For yes. The, the cancer thing and then you just can't see him on tv because the shitty oh that's right ads. i didn't even think about that that's so funny God <laughs> you'd damn. only see it when it like cuts to the ice level views or like <laughs> sending out a breakout pass <laughs> and uh of course brock bester's father duke recently passed away this summer yeah. after like a long battle with cancer so you'd think it'd be a pretty significant game for him yes and he was marked to be a healthy scratch yes. by boudreaux um, which I didn't think about the hockey fights cancer thing. No, I didn't either announced. at the time, and and neither did Boudreaux apparently. Yeah, because he apparently didn't know about it, which speaks to like how disorganized yes. the organization is. Yes, that this stuff just seems to constantly fucking happen. Um, like how would he? That's that's so because like it's it's a pretty big night every year that they do. Uh, it's obviously for like a very good cause. Uh, I mean, pretty much everyone has been affected by cancer in some way, shape or form. I'm sure Bruce Boudreaux has, you know, so it seems like that's something that, that he would know about and maybe even get involved in, in some way. I know like the players are holding up like the signs with people's names on them and stuff Mm -hmm. and and that sort of thing. So it's just like shocking to me. And given what we know about Boudreaux, he he wouldn't have the capacity to like maliciously do that, right? It's just like, there's no way Boudreaux is scratching Besser if he knows what night it is. Like exactly, it's just like it's not. Boudreaux has his issues in terms of in terms of coaching, but in terms of his personality, it's like unimpeachable. He's like the sweetest old man in the world, you know. <laughs> um, so it's just like yeah, like you said, it speaks to how disorganized the organization is. Um, the lack of communication, like that's just that that's like. You should that this is a this is an almost billion dollar business, right? Yeah, that's inexcusable. 
to have that it's, level of of miscommunication, lack of communication. Just, like, you constantly see this type of shit. Yes. Like there's the whole Luongo Ring of Honor oh not retiring the number thing, which is completely absurd. Yeah. And it was like when uh, Luongo was interviewed about it, it just he he learned like that day or the day before and Rutherford just called him. Apparently there's a, a committee of Canucks brass that decides on these things, oh. but there's never been any information as to who the committee is or how these decisions are made. So, you know, it's just Francesco. <laughs> and uh, I heard Drance earlier. Was it Drance? Someone was saying that they talked to a bunch of different sources around the league. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think it might've been Harmon Dial. Uh, either way. Uh, a Canucks insider mm-hmm. talked to a bunch of people, and one of the words that came from another NHL executive were uh, incompetence to uh, describe Luongo's jersey not being retired. Yeah. Like, he's I mean, a Hall of Fame player. You've already set the precedent that if someone leaves the organization in a messy way with Bure, they can still be uh, have their number retired. Yeah, and yeah. this as it as like time progresses, like twenty years from now. It's just going to look worse and worse and worse and worse. And my prediction would be like, eventually they're going to rectify it and then actually retire his number. They would I have mean, to, right? I think they'll have to. It's just like, I mean, so here's not next year, but like 15 years from now or something. Where yeah. It's like, I mean, like oh, un- it's under really new ownership hard to yeah. Yeah. win 250 games with a team and be always above like save percentage uh, or like league average save percentage. I mean, I think a- it's, it would be such an easy win for like, I mean, who knows how long, you know, in the future this would be, but let's say a new ownership group comes in, uh, which would obviously be fucking incredible. Uh, but let's let's say they come in. What an easy win that is for them to be like, hey, we're retiring Luongo's number. Just get the fans on your side immediately. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, any new ownership group will have the fans on their side immediately because they aren't the Aquilinis. Did you watch the ceremony, by the way? No, I didn't. When that they, was before the Florida game, right? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, you probably would have been streaming, right? But I, but I saw. So, I think I heard something about. I don't know if Luongo said it during the ceremony or whatever. Yes. But yeah. So like Luongo and the Sedins go out, and Luongo has the microphone, and everyone's like, "Lou, whatever." Yeah. And he's addressing like his first time back, blah blah blah, and it's great to be here. And I know there's been a lot of talk today about Ring of Honor or jersey retirement, and to me, it doesn't matter. It's just about like, spending moments with the the great fans in the city, and like the Daniel and Henrik, and uh, cherishing like the relationship that I have with the city, something to that effect. And yeah. it's like, why on earth is he having to address this in the arena in front of? It was not sold out, but no. over ten thousand fans. I mean, it's yeah, it's crazy, and it, again, it speaks to the lack of accountability. Not that you expect the owner. First of all, the owner shouldn't be involved enough to have to be accountable, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it was. So you never hear from Aquilini. Um, like, I don't blame him for not wanting to talk to the media because he's he's an idiot, and he's just going to make things worse, obviously. But like when Benning was around, he just like stopped talking to the media. Mike Gillis would go on <laughs> on ten forty like once a week, right? But also, Mike Gillis was like very well spoken and smart and could string a sentence together. So I, yeah. I get that too. Um, but it really just seems like, cause like Alvin, I think is a smart guy, but I don't think he goes on the radio. He doesn't go on the radio once a week. I'll tell you that. No, Alvin doesn't go on that free. Like, I feel like Rutherford goes on more. Rutherford does. Yeah. And when Alvin does go on stuff, it's very, 
uh he's very cautious he back yeah. yeah yeah like you don't you can't really get anything which again i i prefer shoots that, from the hip yeah i prefer that to bending for sure <laughs> you, um, you prefer that to tampering with pk suit oh my god accidents. man yeah and stamkos i think but um so, yeah so i mean the- uh, yeah no i just wanted like i i think there is something to be said about like just the lack of accountability in terms of like yeah, you know what? This is you're the GM. You're the owner. This is your job. You should have to talk to the media. You should have to talk to the fans. Like I, they stopped doing the fucking. As far as I know, they stopped doing this. But when the, when the season ticket the season ticket holder, holder summit, because yeah. because fans were calling them out to their face, and it was incredible, and it was yeah. amazing to see. And they just stopped doing it. And and they just they just hole up in in their office, and they just they just do whatever they can with no consequences really, other than. Uh, people becoming apathetic and not caring. Yeah. So, you, like, consider one the Luongo thing, two the Dory thing from last week, mm-hmm. three how those Besser things played out, which yeah. like we should get back into. Oh. And it's no shock that if they're managed like this, and there's like this lack of organization within the organization, that they're going to be losing all the time, yeah. and nothing's going to get done, and they're going to piss away assets. Yeah. So back to Besser. So he was scratched. And then apparently Joshua got a he got hurt I think in, in warm up or warm up or yeah. not warm up in in um the pregame skate yeah and so Besser drew back in yeah and the tinfoil hat conspiracy well it's not even that big of a conspiracy they're like oh we really fucked up with this hockey fights cancer thing uh yeah Brock you're back in now all. Like or jo- or Joshua them. just saying like, "Hey, look, like I'm yeah. fuck this. Get get Brock in, you know, like." Which I mean, that that could definitely be it who, too. Who knows? But clear, like, yeah. Every I, like, I, I believe both Drance and Dollywall uh, reported that it was a real injury. Um, they also have both reported that Besser hasn't asked for a trade because that's the next thing is yes during thirty two thoughts in the second intermission of the. Uh, early game on Hockey Night in Canada, Elliot Friedman reports that Besser's agent has gotten the permission to speak with other teams about facilitating a trade. And you all know, famously, when a player's agent is looking for trades, that they have a ton of trade value. Oh, of, of course. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think the if we're being... Uh, if we're being nice here, if we're being charitable, I think the idea is maybe more find a landing place for Besser that works because he's been through a lot. He's a super nice guy. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that's obviously part of it as well. But like, it's clear uh, that, I mean, it, well, like we said, the core the core is not working, right? And Besser, yeah. you know, he's been getting some points this year, but he's clearly not the same player that he once was. Does not have really any trade value at all. Uh, I mean, they, I think it was, I think maybe it was Rutherford or it might, it might've been one of the insiders reporting that this was the general idea, but the, the Canucks management, I think at this point knows that they're going to have to lose a few trades to really get them back on track. Yeah. I remember seeing that reported by some insider Um, as well, which is like fine. That's, that's fine by me. The the old management lost trades all the time. So I'm used to about the complete lack of organization within the Canucks. If the intention was to trade Besser and up his trade value, that should be communicated to the coach who plays him because it's going to be harder to trade a healthy scratch making six point whatever million a year. Well, it's like when they, um, when, when they raised Hodgson's value, right? They were giving him soft zone starts and yeah, soft minutes. That's what you should be doing with Besser then to try and raise his, his value. But that's not being uh, 
apparently not communicated to the coach and the coach is just fighting for his job or his next job in the NHL, whatever it might be. And so of course he's going to do things that help him win now, like scratching younger players that should be being developed or scratching players that you want to be. Pod Colson had some some big hits in the AHL over the weekend too. I don't know if you saw a couple of the clips, but he was decking people. That's what's up. I I kind of hope that he doesn't get called up until after I see them play the uh, Calgary Wranglers. Oh yeah, that would be sick. Of January, It'd be yeah. sick to see Pod Colson. You could but, probably uh, also get something like signed by him too. I bet. I bet you it's way easier at AHL games. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the the other thing about uh the Besser trade stuff is his agent was liking tweets about yes. how he's disgraced by the Canucks yesterday. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Uh, I and and I mean to go back to what people in the discord were saying and what we mentioned earlier about how it's just like the cyclical thing and it just keeps going in circles. Like this is the point where it's like, Oh, changes are coming. Changes are going to be made. Right. Um, and like, I mean, I don't know how many times I've had to say this, but I will believe it when I fucking see it. Yeah. Because you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. This team should have been torn down like hundreds of times over and it just hasn't been. Um, so I just don't really, uh, I mean, this seems like maybe there is some some movement, and who knows? By the time this episode comes out tomorrow, they might have made a trade. Like, like that. That's p- part uh, of the reason. I don't know. They beat Arizona in oh, overtime. God. That's that is part of the reason that because we were going to record last night, but I had a dinner. Uh, and then part of the reason as well, I think, was like, well, what if something like happens at you know. Yeah. The morning of, or like overnight, or whatever. Um, nothing did, of course. But well, um, do you see? Do you see the practice thing this morning? No, what was they're, that? They're, so they had a practice scheduled. Yeah. And then the Canucks PR tweets out, we're, we're not actually having practice now. Yeah. Uh, media availability starts at 1045. Huh. Limited player skating, media, please meet in a room. And tr- so like they just canceled practice for no particular reason, but then no news dropped either. It's very odd. I think the There's PR account thing- though, like I think the PR account does basically every day post like, hey, media availability in this room like at this time. So yeah. it's it's not necessarily because there's news. Well, so yesterday there were like 11 a.m. practice followed by media availability. Yeah, and then today they updated that like no, it's just a limited skate. So it shows like within the last, well, okay, that was tweeted at quarter to midnight uh, yeah. Mountain Time, and then at 11:30 my time. So like within 12 hours they changed their mind on whether or not they were going to practice. And I don't know if you remember, I think it was last week, maybe the week before. Boudreau gave them the day off from skating just because he had a hunch or a feeling. And it's like, is this the fucking 80s? Do we have like players smoking in between? Like, I mean, I guess it's like, though, you know, it's Sunday. It's like, they, yes, they won last night. Like, and they've been getting like a lot of bag skates and stuff recently. So I, I get that. If you, if you want the morale to go up, give them the day off, you know, let them relax on a Sunday. But, um, but like, it's just it, it sh- these decisions should be being made like by load management and sports science and yes. not uh, not just the whims of your coach. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, also the fact that's, that how, they, that's how it was done when the team was good, at least. That's true. I, I, I do think like they haven't fired Boudreaux yet and they definitely have had ample opportunity to do so. So part of me does wonder. I think it was Drance who had the this was like a month ago. He posted something about or he wrote something about how um there's there's some factions, if you want to say, in the management uh, on the management team that were like, why don't we just keep Boudreaux and just like 
like suck this year, basically, you know? Yeah. Like, like they, I, I they don't want to get that new coach bounce necessarily. Although I don't think you're going to get that bounce from Mike Yo if you hire yeah. him. Yeah. And so I, I think unless it becomes like completely untenable to keep him, that that's what's going to happen. That's yeah. my he'll just, he'll just leave at the end of the year. feel as well is they're just yeah. going to keep him to the end of the year. They don't want to spend more money. You might have better options for, bad. you might have better options for coaches I, to hire too, right? So. Exactly. Like, look at, the Pittsburgh Penguins, for example, like I'm sure they would love to get the band back together with Mike Sullivan. He's been yeah. around forever. They haven't been performing too great he, this year. He, he used to be on the Canucks coaching staff too. So, oh, yeah. did he? Yeah, he was on uh, during the Tortorella year. He oh, he no was shit. the he was the interim head coach when Tortorella got suspended for uh, fighting Bob Hartley. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. What a game that was. That's like that. I, that feels like a forgotten moment in in like Canucks lore to me. I was, so we had, um, we had John boys on golf Kings, uh, John boys and Kofi on, on golf Kings, uh, uh, like a month or so back. And like they do like John, they, they do the, uh, the really good like sports documentaries on YouTube, right? They had the Seattle Mariners Mm -hmm. one. Uh, they just came out with the Charlotte Bobcats one. Uh, they had an Atlanta Falcons one. They're all, and there was one about a, a blue Jays pitcher. Really, really, really good. Um, and they've said, or John has said at least, he doesn't know enough about hockey to do one of those documentaries about a hockey team. But I've like, I told him on the stream, and I was like, "Man, like, I know you don't know much about hockey, but I'm telling you, like, if you were gonna do one of your four-part YouTube documentaries on uh, on a hockey team, it would have to be the Canucks. What team is more interesting than the Canucks? Right? Right? <laughs> like, just the biggest losers in NHL history, multiple riots." Only team uh, to go zero and three in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, only team to lose two Stanley Cup Final Game Sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's there's there's so much there. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing it. Uh, whenever I uh, bump into him or whatever, but that would be me. That's my absolute dream is a John Boys, uh, Canucks documentary because it would just be so incredible. Quick correction: Penguins have picked it up lately, and I I wasn't aware of that. They're seven two and one in their last ten, and actually eleventh uh, in the league right now. Which again and is good for getting getting them percentage. out of the draft lottery. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, th- also, the Canucks are twenty third. St. Louis right below them. I mean, they've looked pretty bad. Bennington looks awful, which is hilarious. Oh, did you see? Did um, you see their coach call him out the other day? Yeah, like yesterday. I think. Yeah, it was yesterday. Because Bennington's just going around them. trying to hit people. And Baruby, he was like, hey, can you just, like, play goal? Can you just, like, try and make a save? Because he's, like, sucked ass this year, yeah. But, like, Bennington is, like, I... I don't think I realize what a prick he is. Like he oh, is, yeah. he's such an asshole. I guess with the Kadri thing in the playoffs last year, where he like th- did he throw a did he throw a puck at him or something? Water th- bottle, a water, water bottle. bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he just seems like such a little baby. Um, so it is it is nice to see him getting shit on <laughs> by his own coach. Um, Definitely, man. Uh, who who are the Canucks playing this week here? This upcoming week, I feel they like their schedule is not too bad. The Sharks. Okay. And oh, okay. It's Canadians, Sharks, and then the Wild on Saturday. Okay, all right. So I mean, if there were ever a like place in the schedule to pick up easy points, it's playing yeah. the Coyotes, the Canadians, and the Sharks back to back. But yeah, I'm just looking I don't know, right the Canadians now. game feels like a game they might lose. December is not that bad of a schedule for them, really. Yeah, so you have Montreal, San Jose, Minnesota, Calgary, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Seattle, who looks very good, although they got stomped yesterday. Edmonton. Uh, Oilers, Sharks again. Sharks again. Jets again. Flames again. 
Islanders. I don't know how they're doing. Avs. Oh, that's that's in January. Yeah, that's right going now. into January. Um, but so, like, is is Demko? Demko will still be probably out for the beginning. Yeah, of January. that's the other big piece of news from the last time we yeah. recorded. Is Demko got injured? Yeah. Uh, was it his knee? After. They lower body. Okay. Right, and they said yeah. approximately six weeks. Yeah. So they're just like, which could mean like four months. <laughs> just the fact that they like said they gave a timetable that was a long time instead of saying he's day to day, he's week to week kind of shows me that he's going to be out a real long time. Like yeah. six weeks seems optimistic, but yeah, I suppose that would take us to halfway through January at best. Yeah. And a part of me gets the sense too, like depending on how the team does until then will also influence the decision on whether or not they bring him back. Like if it's something that might need surgery or would be better off with more rest, like, and the team is well out of a playoff position, which they should be, uh, just let them like fully rest for next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm just, which by the way, his injury, it seemed like kind of a fluke thing just when he was going down, but it was making the uh the third back to back save. That was that uh, may in have front done of it. the net yeah. <laughs> on the uh the and then eventually letting in the third goal in forty nine seconds. Yeah. Where I don't really think oh. you could even like really blame him for any I would of no, there's just like no one there. Like it's I mean, the team defense is just atrocious and has been for really has been bad since before Jim Benning got here. Whenever like he, Riley Stillman's on the ice, it's like in Mario Kart when you go the wrong way and the little cloud guy comes down holding <laughs> like an X yeah. above you. That's it's what like that's what he needs. The wrong that's what he fucking needs in front of him. They need to like in, instead of like the can the the cameras they have that are on like the wires or whatever, get one of those guys and just like flash <laughs> it in front of his face. Man, he's he's looked so bad. I just don't I don't understand why they keep playing him. I don't get that at all. Um, the other yeah, thing speaking is speaking of like questionable Boudreaux decisions. Right? Yeah, I don't get that at all. I don't I don't understand that. But like also management brought him in. Like so, it's I, I, this team is a mess, obviously. But there there were reports that um, management was going to basically trade guys that Boudreaux relies on. Um, to like undermine him, I guess. Yeah, but maybe? who's that going to be? Who are you going to trade? Yeah, who does he rely on? He relies he on. Gave, uh... Yeah. Okay, you're gonna maybe. Okay. Well, he, I'll I'll say this. This is maybe. I mean, it's not maybe. This is wishful thinking. However, the fact that they are trying to trade Brock Besser, who they just resigned to, was it a three year extension? Three years, six points. Yeah, what, what, whatever it was. I mean, not a. Obviously, it was a bad move. Um. But the fact yeah, that they are I mean, trying to get out of it right away, obviously the Miller thing is a whole other level, but the fact that they're trying to get out of the Besser deal right now tells me that they're willing to cut and run and uh, just just be like, look, like it's we have to pull off the Band-Aid now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to hurt in the short term, but in the long term, this is what like, we have to do. Like you said before, I'll believe it when I see it, though. Of course. The Besser course. deal, like yeah. we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we didn't have a Canucks podcast at the time, but he had a really bad qualifying offer. Yes. So his qualifying offer ben, was Well, like, Benning fucked them once again, right? Benning really fucked him. I think his qualif- QO was like 7, 7.1, 7.2, something like that. So it was yeah. actually more than what he, he ended up signing for for three years. But they gave him the extra term to make up for the the less salary or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, would another team want to qualify him at $7 million? Probably not. Uh, do you want to let him to go? Do you want to let him go completely for free? That's also bad asset management. So I think what they did, which is signing him for like a medium term deal yeah. and trying to rehabilitate him, 
was probably the best move at the time, but still not I mean, a good move. I mean, that's the, that's the, the, the thing. Fact like that when you're getting, you're getting pushed down the lineup by like a KHL free agent. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I just like, yeah, I, they they really like. I don't think it can be understated what a horrible situation they were left, and I don't want to absolve them i don't want to say that they're completely blameless for the team's troubles right now yeah like but they like, had a chance to trade miller for like actual assets sure. but but i would say the blame is still something like 75 percent, 25 percent uh jim benning versus the new guys yeah. you know i think that's reasonable because i really it cannot be understated how shitty a situation jim benning left them with zero prospects like less prospects than mike gillis left them with Okay, that yeah. should tell you how Despite, bad the situation with, was. With no cup runs. Yeah, you, you, want, you want to talk about the cupboards being empty, which is something we heard a lot about Mike Gillis. This is empty cupboards. Oh, but Stefan, all those prospects are playing with the team. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. That was that's such a funny. God damn. <laughs> like you can you can you know you can have both, right? You can have young players playing with the team and young players in your system, right? And we have no young players in our system at all. Like at uh, all, I'm so man. I'm so excited for this year's there's, draft. Oh there's Jet Wu. Oh. We got um, <laughs> we got uh, Dimit- Danila K- Klimovich. Yeah, we have Klimovich. Uh, um, Karamaki, who again is concussed and has mono and doesn't look very good right now. And uh, uh, oh, Aiden McDonough, who you know uh, if, if if things if things kind of bounce right for him, could turn into the next Adam Gaudet. God um, damn it! I'm looking at like non-roster players signed to to nhl deals that the canucks have yeah it's bad uh yeah i mean pod colson 21 yeah Lars carlson 23 klimovich 19 yeah uh yeah again i think their 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 best prospect right now literally at least in the sit like within the system might be linus carlson yeah and apparently he's slowed down this year like i haven't really been he started out pretty well i think um Uh, arshdeep baines is 21 yeah you've got um philippe johansson he looks like he's that that to me is like the ideal type of swing you have to be taking that that's similar to the the nils almond swing where it's like a former draft pick like so he was a first rounder from minnesota and they just didn't qualify him so that they they would get a second round pick basically um, in in the next draft, which makes total sense. Um, you got Arter Silovs is twenty one. Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I mean he like again goaltending is is voodoo as we know, so yeah. it's it's worth having as many lotto tickets as possible. But yeah, I mean it's just not. There's it's, nothing. It's not there good enough. Like, it's it's just not good enough at all. And they need to have a couple drafts in a row. I mean, ideally they're doing this every draft, but they need to have a couple drafts in a row where they are picking like you know five six times before the end of the third round. Right. I mean, they already blew it by not being competitive when Pedersen and Hughes were on entry level contracts. Yeah, and now you have no one coming up on an ELC that would be worth like competing around anyway. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, with with Pedersen due to make a huge raise or yeah. ask out after next season. Yeah, so. which again, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him. Um, that I mean, I, I've been on record before, but I'll say it again. I, I think he's if nothing really meaningfully changes and there's not a direction, I think he's he's kachucking us. Man, I'm just. Uh, do Do you want to get into the article now? Yeah, this is actually a pretty good segue. So, on our last <laughs> Patreon episode, uh, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash I hate this team, we introduced a new segment where we're gonna look back on old articles uh, with bad Canucks takes. They're just there's uh, a lot quotes of quotes that yeah quotes that make you uh, 
really sad to be a Canucks fan. Sure. And, and just, just, that- just to be clear, it's not necessarily a hindsight thing either. This is stuff that smart fans at the time reading these articles knew this was all total bullshit. But looking back at it now is just like even funnier. Yeah. And if you have a, if you can think of an old Vancouver Canucks article that you would like yes. to have on the show, tweet us. Hate this team pod. Yeah, or Send post us a link. in the Discord. Or, yeah, yeah, or if you're in the Discord, which also if you're on Patreon, you get access to. Yeah, um, so you should sign up for the Patreon because yeah, we're doing we're one. doing more bonus episodes uh, now yeah, as well. I think so. we're doing weekly now. So we're doing weekly bonus episodes now. Um, um, but oh, and I, before we get into this one, I do want to put out a call to action. Um, if anyone can find this article, and I know it existed, and I cannot fucking find it anywhere. I think it was maybe Vancouver Sun. It would have been, I think, if it was uh, Ian McIntyre. I guess maybe he did stuff for the province too. Um, But it was back in 2016 from Ian McIntyre, and it contained the phrase or something similar to this phrase, the heavy lifting of the rebuild is over. Uh, and then he listed a bunch of like middling prospects. This was in tw- <laughs> this was in fucking 2016 when he said the heavy lifting of the rebuild was over. That was before and they picked Pedersen or Hughes even. So so on that note, this is an Ian McIntyre article from 2016. It's going to be a lot Sun. of his articles, I think. <laughs> Called uh, uh, "If Losing Doesn't Get Canucks GM Jim Benning, the Misinformation Will." In the Canucks' worst season since the 1990s, Jim Benning's biggest mistake was fueling the impression a rebuilding project on a scale of the Expo lands could be accomplished while still making the playoffs. So this that fucking pisses me off so bad because, yes, Jim Benning did try to fuel that impression that they could rebuild and make the playoffs at the same time. I, no argument there. What, what Ian McIntyre is saying is that the fans were stupid to believe it. Yeah, I will agree with that. The fans who <laughs> believed that were stupid, but they were the fans who loved Jim Benning. I never believed that. You never believed that. No one in our Discord ever believed that because it was obvious bullshit from day one. So this mm-hmm. is this is a classic Ian McIntyre thing where he's like speaking down to the fans for wanting the team to just rebuild properly. Well, and look how he starts this article. Screech about his trades, dissect his salary cap management, complain about his coach, hate everyone if you have the energy and soul for it, but in the Vancouver Canucks' worst season since the 1990s, general manager Jim Benning's biggest mistake was fueling the impression a rebuilding project on the scale of blah, 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 was still making playoffs. Um... So, okay, here's, here's something that's pretty relevant now. From the time uh, President of Hockey Ops Trevor Linden hired Benning nearly two years ago, handing him a roster that contained mold and 10 no-trade contracts, the pair were consistent in their message. The Canucks could transition towards a younger, faster team while still making the NHL playoffs. They overpromised. Does that sound familiar to you? Man, I, does that sound like some shit we've heard this year? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we're just hearing this over and over and over again from people like IMAC, people in the national media like Mark Spector, John Shannon. It's just it's just the same thing over and over and over again, and it's so, so exhausting. IMAC goes on talks about the Mike Keenan ninety eight ninety nine season fifty eight points got the Sedins blah blah blah. Um, By the way, they ended up picking you Levy after this year. If, yeah, that's uh, pretty if, cool. If you, if you forgot. It's, instead of Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Also scored against the Canucks in yep. that 5-1 loss oh, yeah. on, uh, what was it, Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
This so, is this okay, is the line right here, right? The one where it's uh, still the decline from their perennial hundred point season seems to have shocked a loud minority of the fan base. How else to explain their hostility? It's like they the thought the team. This is such bullshit, man. It's like they thought the team should be in the playoffs while the Canucks undertook their biggest rebuild since Keenan traded everyone in the short time eighteen years ago. He had the launch codes. Like that is such garbage. No one who <laughs> wanted them to rebuild thought they would be good while rebuilding. But they yeah. thought they would make smart. They, they were hoping they would make smart rebuilding moves and sell players, and they just never did. Yeah, management thought they could do that, not us. Yeah, so and here, here, I mean this quote from Benning. If you want, yeah, to get then to this we get quote into here. the Benning stuff. We've never once said that this was going to be easier, fast. Yes, you did. Benning insisted before the Canucks returned home Friday for the yeah. Final let me trip. let me just pull up my pinned tweet right now, which is a quote <laughs> tweet of the Vancouver Canucks, May twenty third, twenty fourteen, from Jim Benning's introductory press conference. I like this team. I like the core players. This is a team we can turn around in a hurry. Yeah, that's like the, mm-hmm. literally the first thing you said was it was going to be fast. And again, that's our fault for believing. <laughs> I, well, the, that's that's the other thing. We didn't believe that. But the yeah. thing the thing that annoys me here, and I'm getting annoyed at something Jim Benning did fucking six <laughs> years ago. I mean, that's going to be the theme of the podcast going forward, obviously. And I mean, you know that. But yeah, uh, we're not mad at him for like he he's not tricking any smart fan. I think what pisses people off is that he's trying to trick smart fans with the most obvious bullshit imaginable. And then and then iMac is just lapping it up, you know? And, and another thing to, like, game pissed off at stuff that happened six years ago, it justifies getting pissed off at the shit now, especially when they're trying to pull the same type of thing. Yes. Yep. Uh, Benning goes on to say... What we said is our goal uh, every year is to try to be competitive and make the playoffs, but we've never once mentioned the Stanley Cup or had any illusions about where we are as a team. If you don't have the goal to be a playoff team, what's the sense of even playing the game? That is that. I mean, that is Jim Benning. That is the Benning era to a T. We're happy just making the playoffs. You should mention the Stanley Cup. You should say you want to win the Stanley Cup and be a championship contender. That's what you which, should be saying. Which he did one and a half times. His first season, when yeah. it like largely wasn't his team. And then the bubble, which, I mean, I don't even really count. No, I don't count that like, at all. That's not that barely. I mean, Tampa Bay when, beat fucking Montreal in the finals, right? Like, yeah. Like when oh, I, was that? When no, I, wait, no, it was no, Dallas? No, that was the Dallas That year. was Dallas. Yeah. Year. yeah. But like... When the Vancouver Canucks went on that bubble run, I was thinking, oh, man, watch. If they're ever going to, in my life, win a cup, it's going to be right now when there's going to be a fucking asterisk beside it. Everyone's going to say it's a Mickey Mouse cup. So... I don't know if I'm glad that did not. Nah, uh, eh, I mean, I, I would, know. I would take a Mickey I would Mouse take cup it. for sure. Yeah, I would take it. This next line I mean, is so the, funny too. Yeah, go for because it. Because we, so we just mentioned the that they used to have the season ticket holder summits and the town hall meetings. Uh, so this is about Manning. As he told season ticket holders at a recent town hall meeting, and for that too, he was criticized because obviously it's a bad thing to try to inform and retain your most important customers. Benning said he is in the process of building a new core group of eight to ten players who can propel the Canucks back toward the top of the standings about the time the Sedin's contract tracks expire in two years that is that is imac to a t just so smarmy <laughs> by the way imac they don't do those town hall meetings anymore so i guess they do think it's a bad thing to try to inform and retain their most important customers like we, man he he's gotten i think maybe a little bit better maybe i'm just hearing from him less but during like i would he's say he's gotten like, slightly better yeah i but like between like 2016 and like 2019 imac was just so smarmy so smug and just wrong about i i would say literally well, everything he, he's still smarmy and smug but at least he'll like defend luongo's number sure how should be retired or whatever yeah. like and he's also come around that like hey this team isn't good but 
I think that's mainly because he isn't like getting to ride on Jim Benning's nuts anymore. Yeah. Like, Oh, this line Anyways. from Benning's hilarious too. Yeah. In Boston, so, do you want to read this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes on and says, uh, it also worked for Benning when he became Peter Shirelli's AGM in Boston. In Boston, when I got there, we were the fifth worst team in the league, Benning said. And by drafting well, making a couple of good trades, and signing Zdeno Chara as a free agent, five years later, we were in the Stanley Cup Finals and beat Vancouver in 2011. Thanks, bro. <laughs> he goes on, look at that 2011 team. Which we've been doing oh, a lot of because it's the, the only way that the ownership can get yeah. good. Uh, by the <laughs> way, also, the I, it's so funny to like throw in, oh, we just signed like one of the like top five to 10 defensemen of all time as a free agent. Like we just, <laughs> and we just did that. And it was like, and then, yeah, then we won the cup, you know, that's all you have to do. Right. Like, yeah, we were able to trade a uh, Rycroft for Tuka Rask and uh, oh, get Tyler Sagan for Phil Castle. Oh. Anyways, uh, look at that 2011 team, the Sedins, Burroughs, Kessler, Edler, Bieksa, Mason Raymond. Those are all players the team drafted and developed. We're still trying to establish the next core group that we're going to win with. We've made strides in this year. Bo Horvat will be part of that group. Okay, Mike Gillis Vertan- drafted him. You didn't draft him, just to be clear. <laughs> Jake Vertanen will be part of that group. Okay. Oh. Ben Hutton and Jacob Markstrom will be part of that group. Okay, I mean, Markstrom is still good-ish. I mean, he's yeah. sort of fallen off a little this year, but... Uh, Jared McCann has a chance to be part of that group. He's still good, Sven- too. Now, is he on the Canucks? <laughs> no. What oh, happened there, Jim? Sven Berchty. Ugh. Here's here, okay. In fairness, we've got Thatcher Demko coming. Yeah, uh, he's going to be part of the core group. Yep, that's right. One point for you, Jim. We have Brock Besser, who's had a hell of a year in college hockey. I'll give him that too, because well, Besser was yeah, very good yeah. in his his first few years. You know, yeah. But, now, uh, huh. you know, mismanaged that one. Uh, this is my second year on the job, so we're two years into this. <laughs> but it takes more than two years. Uh, IMAX says. Man, I'm just like, I'm, oh, so this is, this is IMAC right here. The Canucks target to rebound back among the top 10 teams in the NHL can't realistically be any earlier than about the time the Sedin's contracts end in 2018, which <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, we are recording this on December 4th, 2022 and, and they still suck. By then, Horvat will be starting his fifth NHL season and Vertanen, Hutton, McCann, and Nikita Trampkin should be starting their fourth. Well, no. Uh, key <laughs> veterans like Edler, Chris Tanev, uh, what happened to him? Brandon Sutter and Yannick Hansen will still be young enough to lead. And the Sedins might even return in death rolls, completing their careers the way they began. No, they fucked off. They were like, yeah. I don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, this shit sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, this is where the this is where that famous Benning quote came from about his, yeah. his competitive timeline. Do you want to read this oh, one? Oh, let's go. Yeah. We want to be competitive next year, Benning said. Realistically, if you're asking me when will be the day that we can compete with the best teams in the league i think that the sedin t- co- the sedin contract timeline is fair this is year two and by our fourth or fifth year i hope we'll be there the elite teams that was in by the league. 2018 they wanted to be an elite team in the league and then this line is very funny too of course if owner francesco aquilini becomes part of the angry mob linden and benning might not make it to year five well, i guess linden linden yeah, no, spoke up too much oh my god man <laughs> oh this is <laughs> Oh, yeah, but they've done a lot more rebuilding this year, putting more pieces in place for the future than thought was than than was thought possible. On a oh. bunch of Benning's roster decisions, when some people lost their minds, making the best deal he could on Kessler, choosing Markstrom over Eddie Lack as the future starter. That was yeah, jettisoning troubled Zach Cassian. Yeah. The GM looks pretty good. I will I will give him the Markstrom over Eddie Lack thing. Um, yeah. but the Kessler deal was awful. I don't fucking care that he had a no trade clause. You targeted Lucas Spiza. That's on you. 
that's that's a bad trade if you are getting if you're getting Lucas Pisa in the trade you've lost the trade. Uh, and then the Cassian thing, look, I get it. Cassian wasn't going to work out here, but you, you brought in Brandon Prust, one of the most hated Canucks of all time. I mean, that guy, <laughs> the only, that guy did one good thing with the Canucks and it's when he speared Brad Marchand in the balls. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so it's so, and man, it's, oh, it's he, just, he, he, he defends not trading Dan Hamhuis saying oh, that he was never offered to cite one example, Chicago's first round pick and second tiered prospect Mark Dano for Dan Hamhuis because, Coach Joe Quinville was adamant about acquiring Winnipeg Jets forward Andrew Ladd instead of the Canucks defenseman. I guess the hardest thing about the heart... What the fuck, Benning? I guess the hardest thing about the whole thing is the misinformation that gets put out there and people think is the truth. It's the furthest thing from the truth, but because it's out there, people believe it. I knew when I signed up where our team was at, there are no no shortcuts in this business. You have to do things the right way. And to do things the right way, you have to draft well, uh, you have to develop well, and you have to establish your next group of core players. Man, I mean, that is... is This is such a fucking classic. This is an S-tier... Ian McIntyre article. There's some S <laughs> tier Jim Benning stuff in here. This is like, this is bringing me back, man, to like 2016 when there were not as many people who were like, hey, Jim Benning is stupid and bad at his job and should be fired. And when you would say something about that, when you would tweet that out, people would get fucking mad at you. And a lot of people were like, let's wait and see. Let's be patient here. It's a rebuild. It takes time. And it's so fucking cool that we were right about everything <laughs> we were right about everything this guy is paid to write about hockey professionally and he was wrong about every single thing jim benning obviously no longer works for the canucks doesn't work in the league maybe he won't because he did such a horrible job but man on some level at the very least it is nice to know that we were right about everything i mean it sucks i don't want to mm-hmm. be right about everything but we were and I mean, this. if you have more articles like this to send us, please do, because this is really fun. As yeah. frustrated as I sound right now. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how nice it would be to cover, like, this team in the playoffs on our oh. pod and, like, be excited about yeah, shit man. again. And, like, get mad about, like, like, bad calls being made and, like, like controversial plays and stuff and, like... Like, oh, like, it's so funny when, like, uh, in the, you know, the past decade when, like, a Canuck gets suspended for, like, two games or something. It's like, okay, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, like, I would like to, and I, I, I'm closer to it now, I think, a little bit. Obviously, we're doing a fucking podcast about it, but, like, I, I really want to cheer for this team. I, I want, going into this year, I wanted them to do well. Or not do well, but I was like, look, I am happy to cheer for them this year. Um, I didn't think they would be this bad. Yeah, like, I, I was wrong before. I thought they were going to be, let's look at the standings here. I thought, I, thought I, I said 50-50 chance of the playoffs, like Drance did. I think you were kind of the same yeah, way. Yeah, let's like, look but, at wild card for the West. And I, I, they're I, not far out right now, but if you watch them play, obviously, it's like a, it's a whole other matter. So. I guess I would have thought that they'd be like where, I don't know, the Flames are now or the Oilers are now. Yeah. Like yeah. a, like like a positive point percentage, but maybe like just in the last wild card spot or something. Yeah, I think so. It's really, and I think why I think that is, it's easy to look at the team and see star goalie, number one center, yeah, number one defenseman. Those are the three big things that you need, and then like also look at like oh Horvat's good, Miller can score. They got all this talent on the wings. There's a lot of like scoring that can happen, but the pieces just 
don't fit. No, no, they don't. And that's, that's what we've been saying is that, yeah, there are good players there within the core. You have a number one center, you have a starting goalie, you have a number one defenseman. That's hard to find. And I'll, I'll credit Jim Benning for those, for those picks. Those are good picks. But you don't have a number two, three, four no, defenseman. No, you just have you like a bunch of five and sixes. You have but. nothing. There's no more. There's no depth at all. And again, the forward core has been better this year. Um, but you just don't have the depth. Horrible defensively. Um, and I mean, just if, just watching the team, it just feels off. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So hopefully, by the time we record, we'll do a bonus episode this week. Um, and then, you know, we'll do a regular one next week, but hopefully something will have happened by then. Something's happened <laughs> at yeah. some point, maybe. Man. I, who, who could even trade for Besser right now? Uh, I don't know about other teams like cap space and stuff, but like you'd yeah, have to, like, you'd, you'd have, have to take, take on a bad contract back, or you'd have to retain, take like, which like, like a, why would a, you want to retain? Yeah. Or you'd have to get like a fifth round pick for him or something. Right. Um, which is like, all right. That's... Well, there, there's there's three teams that could get him without taking money back, and it's the Coyotes, the Sabers, and the Ducks. Okay. Which which like why would any of those teams target? Yeah. M- I guess maybe the Sabers maybe could. Buffalo, maybe. But I don't know. You're not getting anyone good back for him. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. It's I. It, the other thing is like I feel like they're going to be less likely to make trades in like the holiday season as well. There's obviously like a roster freeze. Yeah. There's and that stuff. roster freeze eventually. Um. But I. So what I'm hopeful for here, I don't want Spencer Martin to do poorly, but with with Demko out. This really is the time that they should tumble down the standings, and and just completely, like who did they call up Silovs as the as no, the backup they now? called up uh, Delia. Oh right, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, so Silovs is just going to be taking like the right the bulk uh, of everything, and which that's that's good. That atmosphere. makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, what I am hopeful for, I don't want Spencer Martin to get like shelled every night, obviously, because uh, I do like Spencer Martin, but. I, I really think for the good of the team, for the good of the future of the franchise, they need to be way out of the playoffs by January. Yeah. And I think yep. they could be. No, they, they should. Well, they're, they're way out of the playoffs now. Well, I know. Look at like, but, but I mean, look at point percentage and how hard it yeah. is to make that up. Like they are. Right. But I'm talking about way out of the playoffs to the point where even Aquilini has to be like, oh yeah, I guess we're out of the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Instead you know? of like looking at the. The points of being like, well, technically they're only exactly. Okay, well, so even so now, they're five points out of a playoff spot. I know it's it's not going to happen. That, but is, I, that is so fucking hard I, to I, overcome. I, I need them to be like fully, fully out of the playoffs, like by a lot, uh, and like by January before they even get to the tough part of their schedule. Because if they're way out of the playoffs by the time they get to the tough part of the schedule, they'll just be getting shelled every night, and we can start the painful process of actually. Uh, rebuilding, which is what, of course, they should do. Um, I, like you know, Aaron and I both agree uh, there are good pieces there, but they need so much more. They could do it on the fly. Oh my god! <laughs> I guess on the fly is better than not at all. But oh man! Woo. Well, we had a lot to talk about this week. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. One yes. last little piece of news. Just one little depressing tidbit. Is, <laughs> okay. Did you hear about, the, wait, the, about the Canucks? Yeah, I know, right? Did you hear the the report from uh, Satyar Shah about the Luongo contract? Oh, God. Yeah, I did. So, 
as we all know, he retired and there's the cap recapture, et cetera. Vancouver was dinged with like 3.5 million for what was it? Three years, four years. Yeah. Well, apparently there is a suggestion within the Florida Panthers organization that they could trade him to Vancouver, put him on LTIR and save him getting that recapture. And, uh, the Canucks didn't do that because they had other plans with Michael Furland, who's also going on LTI. Uh, that's do you, it, what? Do you, then, then later, Drance reported this on Canucks Talk. Do you know who it was in the Florida Panthers organization that suggested that? Roberto fucking Luongo. <laughs> oh my god! He man. tried to help him out, yeah. but now he can't retire his number. That's it's too so much. I'd be disrespecting Kirk McLean. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> what a team. What a team this is. I love it. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Hey, maybe we'll be uh, happy next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening. I know the pieces fit Cause I watched them fall away Mildew and smoldering Fundamental differing Pure intention juxtaposed With sent to lovers Souls in motion Disintegrating as it goes Testing our communication